You're listening to the MoneyWeb SAFM Market Update Podcast. So from the 1st of March 2024, a new national minimum wage determination will come into effect. Labor Minister Tulasin Lesi earlier this month announced that the minimum wage determination moves from 25 rand 42 cents to 27 rand 58 cents for each ordinary hour worked. Farm workers as well as domestic workers are included in the determination. However, workers employed on an expanded public works program are entitled to a minimum wage of 15 rand 16 cents an hour from 13 rand 97 cents an hour. So the Department of Labor and Employment describes the minimum wage as the floor level below which no employee should be paid. And so we take a look at this now. We are joined um, by uh, David Van Veek, is the lead researcher at Benchmark Foundation. I do beg your pardon, it's not David Van Veek, and it's not the minimum wage that we're talking about. Uh, We are talking about government uh, announcing the revised employment equity targets. I do beg your pardon. So some important announcements have come from the Department of Labor, including the minimum wage, But this time, outside of the wage determination, the department gazetted revisions to employment equity targets for public comment, and some 18 economic sectors have been identified. John Borta is the joint CEO of Global Business Solutions. He joins us now to take a look at some of these. John, thank you very much for your time this evening. Let's talk about this gazette, essentially, that we as the public have some couple of days to, I guess, make our contribution. What is it that has stood out for you? Thank you very much and good day to you and the listeners. Well, the big issue around the employment equity regulations is that the very, very specific sub-race and gender targets uh, for African, Indian, colored, white, male and female colleagues has been replaced with a globular percentage for what they say designated people. So they've they've taken the very specific percentages at a sub-race and gender level and replaced it with broad targets uh, similar to the BEE codes. So that's a, the first big issue. The second issue, of course, is that these regulations will require employers to set five-year targets in respect of their representation across all occupational levels. And the sting is in this is that because employers have dragged their feet historically, if in, if employers do not meet those targets, they face significant penalties such as uh, being excluded from tenders, significant fines as a percentage of annual turnover. So it's almost as if the Minister of Employment and Labor is saying, well, you didn't see the light, so now you're going to feel the heat. Sure. I mean, we're talking about 18 economic sectors, right? So agriculture, forestry and fishing, mining and querying, manufacturing, construction, financial and insurance activities, transportation and storage, information and communication. And so it goes. You can find those on that Gazette 50058, the Government Gazette published on the 1st of February 2024. And so, John, when we speak about these sectors, how, by and large, have they changed? The sectors haven't changed at all. Those 18 sectors have been um, demarcated since the Employment Equity Act was published in 1998. Interestingly, though, after public consultations, and you alluded to this earlier, um, the only sector where the minister dropped the targets for representation of black individuals was in the financial services sector. But in the other 17 sectors, he stood his ground And uh, he believes that based on the current 
framework, the current levels of staff attrition, the current growth, he believes that they are achievable. Mm-hmm. What do you say to employers, right? Are there guidelines for developing some of these employment equity plans? That's a very good question. And and the short answer is yes, there are very specific guidelines. But more importantly, I believe the Employment Equity Act is a legal requirement calling employees to do what they should be doing in any case. In other words, workforce planning. You know, human resources have been historically poor in terms of proactive planning three to five years ahead. The financial people in businesses have budgets and they forecast and it's cash flow and it's all these things. But human resources have been traditionally reactive and the Employment Equity Act is really saying, look forward, look at your business growth, look at your staff turnover, look at the skill set changes that you need and plan proactively from entry level, look at career and succession planning going through. And unfortunately, there are very few companies that have embraced it from a strategic point of view. Most of them have seen it as a checklist exercise, and of course, the results show that. Mm. What what do we put that down to, John? <laughs> I, was, I, yeah, I was hoping you were going <laughs> to ask me that question. I've got a very strong view. You know, um, I personally believe that mindset drives behavior, and behavior drives results. Mm. And quite honestly, I do not see that the mindset, that the emotional intelligence that's required to underpin this has been addressed. You know, um, the good news is that behavior can change. The the bad news is only changes if you want it to change. Mm. And uh, it's taken legislation like the Code of Practice on Harassment, for example. It's literally taken the Minister of Labor to issue a Code of Practice on Harassment and say, you can't roll your eyes at your colleagues. You know, you can't constantly criticize them so that the human dignity is undermined. You can't joke at someone's expense. It's it's unbelievable that the ministers had to go to this Hmm. detail to get rid of toxicity in workplaces. Hmm. You know, so so my view is it's got to do with the organization's culture in short. Right. When we speak about that, more so when you speak about change being difficult, right, Um, and you speak of mindsets and changing the mindsets, has this change being managed properly? So there's a concept, um, I think they call it change management. Has it been managed properly? I ask more so, John, because you will hear that when it comes to employment equity, um, there's a lot of resistance in the country and it is said to also go as far as scaring away investors. And so when we speak like that, how then or what will it take then to, to change this? And so this change management, has it been done well? would you say from your assessment? No, not at all. Not at all. You know, I think people or companies have become complacent. Um, We know there's exponential change, whether you're selling electric vehicles, whether you look at the growth in Uber or take a lot or check 60, everything's changing exponentially. But unfortunately, labor law and emotional intelligence is lagging behind this change. So the, the net result of that is that it hasn't been managed properly. I also don't believe you can manage change, to be honest. I think you can transition through change. Mm. But people need to be self-aware. People need to exercise personal mastery. And the good news, as I said, is it's like building muscle. You know, you Mm. can practice. 
but you're not going to go in front of the mirror tonight after your first gym session and see big results. <laughs> oh, why <You> not? <laughs> <laughs> but, in, yeah, oh, why not? <laughs> but in three months or six or 12 months, you're going to see the mm. results. And it's a bit of a journey. And unfortunately, we've got a lot of managers in businesses and, and they can take charge and issue instructions and control. But there are very few leaders who can truly empathize and, and take care of their staff. Mm. And, and when we talk about polarization and we talk about the things we we discussing now about mindset change etc you can only bring about true change when when people are allowed to be vulnerable authentic um, question etc and and i think the average manager in companies might have high iq but unfortunately the eq components lack it Hmm. How important is this? Because you are encouraging employers to consider various factors, including job requirements, a qualified talent pool, qualifications, skills, experience. Why are those things so important? Well, the skills issues is particularly important because one of the favorite opt-outs is oh, we couldn't find someone hmm. with skills, you know. And the Employment Equity Act and regulations are saying, listen, we will now codify what we mean by skills. So it's not some intangible argument that employers raise. I couldn't find a, a black nuclear engineer. You know, mm. you, you, you're going to have to prove as an employer that you didn't just look at qualifications or experience, but you looked at the actual competencies and whether or not that person has the ability to acquire the skills in a reasonable time. And that's why I spoke earlier about being proactive. You see, companies are waiting, the financial director resigns, and now suddenly there's this absolute chaos to find a new. If they had career and succession planning, mm-hmm. if they had proper skills gap analyses and they started working towards this, it wouldn't come as a surprise. Mm-hmm. You know, so so this, the qualification issue uh, employers will now have to prove they've truly assessed people uh, and that they can't be reasonably expected to wait long for them. Right. As you mentioned, um, us, the public, we have a say in this. And so the deadline is April the 30th, right? And so what is it that you are able to share with our viewers? I mean, our listeners, I beg your pardon. What is it that they need mm. to understand before making a contribution, that, essentially? Yes, Absolutely. I think what they need to understand is is that this is a strategic imperative. Um, there are much broader issues that are at work here. Um, if we do not embark on this particular process, we will be facing more significant socioeconomic challenges. Mm. And quite honestly, we will be holding business back because a lack of diversity equals a lack of innovation, a lack of collaboration, a lack of creativity and quite honestly, a lack of trust. So in this very disruptive world, we cannot afford to have a lack of trust. And if people don't see transformation taking place, the trust deficit is there. Ultimately, people will have negative conflict, not healthy conflict, and the results will show that. We don't need more of that. Thank you so no, much, John. Definitely yeah. not. Thank you so much for your time this evening. Thank John Werther, Joint CEO of Global Business Solutions. You've been listening to another MoneyWeb SAFM Market Update podcast, uploaded weekdays at 7 p.m. For more MoneyWeb podcasts, go to moneyweb.co.za or the app and follow MoneyWeb News for daily updates.